lust, lies, murder, murder, lust, lies, murder, murder, lust, lies, murder, murder, lust, lies, murder, murder, the killing the wives, the killing the husbands, the killing the children, murder, suicide, familicide, lust, lies, murder, murder, lust, lies, murder, murder, how does lust become lies? That turn the murder from love, lust, lies, murder, murder, lust, lies, murder, murder, the killing the husbands, the killing the wives, the killing the children, murder, suicide, familiar side, lust, lies, murder, murder, 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 lust, lies, it's a murder, it's a murder. All right, all right. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Relationship Stuff One-on-One Podcast. Welcome to the Purple Pill Perspective here on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. It is Saturday, March 12th, 2022, and I welcome you guys here today to have this conversation with me. Yes, we're here with another episode, episode two of Lust, Lies, and Murder. And in this episode, we have a very tragic story, a story that you may have heard of uh, many times, but you may not have heard of this story. Excuse me. I'm going to go ahead and share the details of this story and some things that I've talked to a few people about. I actually am going to have a, call, uh, a phone call with one of the reporters. Uh, I'll do that after the um after the podcast and after this recording, of course, and just to find out some things about what really happened today that these, these, these things took place. Of course, you see the title, so you know what this is about. Um, let's, let's, let's start from the beginning, okay? Nancy met Chris back during a wrestling match that they had back in the early 90s when she was married to... Uh, a wrestler by the name of Kevin Sullivan. Um, late by the late nineties, um, there was a little skit that they do in wrestling where you know the wrestlers have a rival, and there was a skit where they played it so uh, where Kevin uh, Sullivan and Chris Benoit were beefing, and if you want to say that, or at each other's throat, and then all of a sudden Chris Benoit is having the relationship with Kevin's wife. So they worked this into a skit, you know, things look a little crazy as you, if you want to look that video up for yourselves, they actually made a skit of it. Um, I'll probably leave, leave a link to it in the description so you guys can go straight from the video, go straight to the video from here. But eventually this skit turns into a real life affair where Nancy and Chris are actually having an affair. So in 1997, Nancy gets a divorce from Kevin Sullivan. And then she starts to uh, date Chris Benoit. This all comes out at another match that they have uh, 
where she comes out to help him in one of his matches. And there's basically after that, that's when everybody knows that they are dating. In 1997, Nancy and Chris get engaged. Um, she becomes his fiance. In 2000, they have a son. They have their son, Daniel. They have the beautiful family now. Now, Chris Benoit already has a, a couple of sons from a pre previous marriage, but this marriage here with Nancy, he only had one son. So, Many, much is not known about Nancy and Chris leading from 2000 to 2003. I listened to an interview that her sister had with Eddie Guerrero's wife, and there was not much, you know, discussed there about any problems that they were experiencing, any domestic abuse that was being experienced, um, or anything of that nature. But in 2003, we have a filing of divorce. Now, Nancy filed uh, a divorce saying that her marriage was irrecoverably, I'm trying to say the word, excuse me, broken. Um, guys, basically what that means is that the marriage is broken beyond repair. I mean, there's nothing you could do to repair this marriage. So you look at that. And you wonder what else is going on. Now, she also filed a restraining order against Chris Benoit at this time. So I can imagine things probably got pretty heated that she wanted to get a divorce. And then there's a restraining order behind that. Now, if, if we know uh, women, women, a lot of women like to be talked talk to. They like to be pampered. You know, they like to be uh, cherished and put on a pedestal and they want men to give them these things. And Chris was said to be a very quiet and uh, not verbal type of guy. So I can imagine with him wrestling consistently, you know, even in 2003 and him always on the road and then coming home, not having much conversation with her, probably not having much interaction. She probably felt alone. She probably felt secluded and she probably felt as though she needed an escape never mind the fact she was dealing with a three-year-old at the time you know their son daniel was three years old and anyone with a three-year-old knows that when you're dealing with a three-year-old anything can be going wrong and anything anything can uh can push you to the limit when you're dealing with a three-year-old and the three-year-old's running around you know he may be having episodes himself you know, where he, you know, just wants to see dad and he's crying and she becomes furious as a single, you know, a single parent indirectly, you know, at, at home by herself. Um, so. I mean, from 2003 to 2007, um, you look online, you don't really see much about a domestic incident. Again, you don't there is no there are no more filings of divorce or anything of that nature. So everything about the, the, you know, the case gets really strange past 2003 to 2007. So we arrive at June, uh, June 22nd. Let me look at that, that. Let me show that date is correct, guys. Hold on. Let 
I just want to make sure that date is correct that I'm giving you guys. Still here, guys. I'm, I'm right here. I'm at it now. Okay, so we arrived at June 22nd. That's a Friday. Um, no one knows what happened. But apparently on this day, on June 22nd, something goes wrong. Could it have been another argument? Could there have been another fight? Because Chris Jericho was, excuse me, Chris Benoit, excuse me, you guys, was supposed to leave for a wrestling match that weekend. He was supposed to uh, wrestle uh, a guy by the, with the uh, last stage name of Punk. Can't remember his first the first name, so he's supposed to go for another another match. Could that be another argument that took place? You understand where she was furious about him leaving that weekend to go to this wrestling match and not be there with them, you know, and seeing that he's picking up, you know, on going to different matches again, and she's feeling left alone. Excuse me, feeling secluded, feeling abandoned. And now her sister did mention that Nancy drank. She uh, called them, excuse me, little uh, sippies or, or whatever. Her and her son called them, but she did drink. And she was drinking little th things of Corona. So maybe that Friday, Friday got a little bit, you know, intense. It's Friday night. They're drinking um, the, tox the toxicology report said that Chris Benoit uh, had uh, some some drugs in his system as well, and there were open beer cans around the house as well, too. So there definitely was some drinking going on, either before or after. So in a, in a fit of rage and drunkenness, you understand, anything could have happened. Anything could have happened. Anything could have took place in this fit of rage and drunkenness and, and you know, uh, discon dis disconnect at this time. So you hypothesize, or I hypothesize that there must have been a fight. There must have been an argument. There must have been a really heated discussion that led into June 23rd. Now, on June 23rd, um, when Chris is supposed to appear at the, you know, at this wrestling match, no one knows what's going on. I'm on your screen right now, on the screen with me right now. I'm showing you uh, phone calls that were made to, uh, you know, by Chavo Guerrero. And I'm going to also play the phone call for you guys, too, where he reached out to Chris and Chris sounded a little bit, you know, whole deal i'll pick you up or he'll pick me up whatever so um i call him no answer then all of a sudden i get a, a call from him and he's like oh call right back hey chavo hey what's up man he sounds just off i'm like man you okay he's like yeah i'm cool man just just really bad a really really just bad weekend i just you know daniel and nancy are sick his wife you know and you know uh, so you're actually talking to him at this point i'm talking time. to him yeah and he's and this is basically after he's probably killed his wife uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. They're sick, you know, they're not feeling good. And I'm like, all right, all right, cool. And were well, you coming in? Yeah. Uh, I missed my flight. I missed my flight, but don't worry. I'm going to catch another flight and, and I'll be there.
unhinged and not sounding like himself, sound really worn out and tired, said that Nancy and his son had come down, you know, with a sickness and they needed to be taken to the hospital. Um, by this time, it's assumed that he had already killed his wife. So, you know, the voice, him sounding the way he did, he probably felt a little guilty about what had been done by him killing her. He had not yet killed his son on the 23rd. So what they did, they found um, sedatives in his son's system. So they believe on June 24th, which is the Sunday, that Chris gave his son a sedative to put him to sleep, then smothered him and killed him. After he already tied up his wife and choked her. Now, she they say she had uh, marks around her neck, which made it look like somebody reared back and choked her until the point in which she dies. So her death was considered uh, death by asphyxiation. So he's killed his wife. He's killed his son. Now I'm showing you text messages that were sent out on the 24th by him explaining, telling co-workers at WWAE and telling friends text from his phone and both Nancy's phone that this is my address and that, you know, as you see in the text message, um, the back door, the back door to, you know, is open and this is where you will find you know the door open and you know you see you guys see it um let me pull this up real quick i want to get it i want to see exactly what it's saying on the i'm showing you guys what it says the text message says hold on guys the dogs are in the enclosed pool area garage side door is open So the 24th goes by. And Chris doesn't still show up, so the WWE is concerned now. So on the 25th, they ask the Fayette County Sheriff's Office, can they do a uh, um I forgot what it's called, a wellness check to see if, you know, Chris is all right, if his wife is all right, if his son is all right, because they haven't heard from him for a couple of days. Um, the only people who heard from him was uh, Chavo Guerrero. That's the only person who spoke to him. But they hadn't heard uh, much from him. So uh, what happens, they do a wellness check. The Fayette County Sheriff's arrive at the scene and when they arrive at the scene they find Chris in his weight room with his neck broken I'm guessing this, that's the same area he mentioned in the text messages where basically he would be able to be found um, that the door would be open so they, they can find him there um, to give you a quick insight on his uh, computer he searched up how, what's the quickest way to break your neck? 
So what he did was he strung up his weights and he put him on the bar and tied a rope around his neck and threw the weights to the floor so that when the weight, when the weight comes down, it'll basically break his neck. Well, just he wanted to die quick. He wanted to make it fast. So that's basically what he had done. And that's how they found, uh, you know, found him. Then they found his wife upstairs um, in bondage, um, bound, excuse me, bound and uh, hands tied, feet tied, and death, and the cause death by asphyxiation. And then they found Daniel in the room. The same way in his room. Um, guys, as tragic as this is, I'm I'm not sure what happened here. I did the research to find out. Um, his doctor ended up getting uh, arrested and getting indicted for 10 years for giving out um, steroids to other people other people who had died and given Chris an extensive amount of steroids. So a lot of people believe that Chris committed these murders because he was on a roid rage or what is called roid rage. But if he was on a roid rage, as I've heard many people say, and I listened to an interview with Larry King and uh, John Cena, Chris Jericho. That's why I said Chris Jericho earlier, guys, because I got a little confused. Bre and Bret Hart, and they mentioned that if it was road rage, even if you Google road rage, road rage, excuse me, you're not gonna you're not gonna take a couple of days and chill and think about what you're gonna do now. So whatever took place in that house, if they got into an argument, she mentioned leaving him again, mentioned getting a divorce, mentioned in another restraining order, mentioned not being there. He had just lost Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero had just passed away. All of this stress that he felt at that time. Now the one person he loves, the one person he cherishes, his son that he cherishes, is talking. They, they, she's talking about taking all of this away, and he could not handle it. Let's go back to the Roy rage thing. If it was a Roy rage, people believe that he would have killed his wife and his son, and then himself. All in the same day. So this all would have took place on June 24th. He would have just, June 23rd, excuse me. He would have just killed himself, his wife, and his son. All at the same time. So that's that's thrown out. Uh, uh, Roy Rage is thrown out. Immediately. Um, I'm going to put a little um, picture too. So you guys can see the definition of Roy Rage. Um, so that's thrown out. Okay, what happened now? So there was a doctor that, ran, that did a report on Chris's brain after he died. CTE is a condition where a lot of football players are said, boxing play, boxers are said to have had. They used to call it punch drunk with boxers who experienced CTE uh, over some time. And a lot of uh, football players had CTE. I don't know if you guys know who Junior Sehal is. I'll put a picture of him right next to me. Excuse me. Over there. <laughs> For you guys on the podcast, uh, make sure you check out the video so you can see. So you see the picture over here right now next to me of Junior Sehal. 
Junior Seahaw also um, suffered from CTE, and uh, which led to his tragic death. Uh, so CTE is a condition that has a lot of different symptoms, symptoms connected to it. Depression, anger, um, suicidal thoughts, uh, dementia, and many different things of that nature. So uh, the doctor who did the, the check on um, Chris mentioned that CTE was found. So CTE came in to be another reason why he may have killed his wife and his son. But I spoke to a specialist at Vanderbilt University. I also spoke to a couple of research, um, uh, well, excuse me, a research, a person who does research at Boston University about CTE. And what was explained to me was that there's still not much known about CTE. CTE is still like, I, I want to say, a freshman in high school. There's not, you're not, you're experiencing much. There's not much known about you. You're still new here, even after it was discovered. Um, and, uh, and football players, there's still not much known about it. So what was explained to me yesterday by the, uh, the, the um, gentleman who works at Vanderbilt University was that um, CTE can have, so many different symptoms connected to it. And these other symptoms can be connected to other psychological uh, states of mind, depression, suicidal thoughts, anger, and different things of that nature. So to rule it out, to rule out CTE as the possibility of what could have happened here might be up for grabs because CTE is not even understood yet. So it's not to say that the doctor who said that Chris suffered from CTE was saying that this is the reason why he did it. It was just found that CTE was a possibility involved in this case. Now, these fits of rage and anger that CTE carry along with them, he didn't sound too upset, you know, on the phone call that he, you know, that Chavo Guerrero said that they had. He didn't sound so mad. Excuse me. He sounded, if you, you, if you, when you listen to the call, as though he was regretful and didn't know what to do now. To me, once again, I've showed you guys my credentials. I have a bachelor's degree in psychology with a focus on behavioral analysis. To me, judging from the 2003 divorce and the possibility and, and her filing a divorce for a broken marriage and a restraining order means that he got a little violent before. So this night, they're both drinking, possibly. They're at the point of drunkenness. And he just snaps because she wants to leave him. Again, probably she probably talked about divorce. And he didn't want to take it. He does what he do. Ties her up. And strangles her. So that she doesn't fight or kick. That's what it sounds like to me. You, you tie her arms up so she don't swing or, or punch or fight you. You tie up her legs so that she don't kick you. And it's not much of a struggle. 
then you choke her. Now you see what you've done. You may be sobering up now. The anger and the frustration have subsided. And now, oh shit. I killed her. What am I going to do? So, in this, in these moments, he's just trying to figure out life now. Now, what am I going to do? I can't. I'm going to get locked up. I'm going to jail for the rest of my life. And in most of these cases that you guys are going to see me do, in the case I did with the Supu family, Stephen Supu decided that his family would be better off dead if he had to face pending charges. So now Chris Benoit is facing some charges which will send him to jail for the rest of his life. And which means that his son, his youngest son, who's there now, will be put in jeopardy of being put in the system. You can't have that. It's the best thing to do. So that the death is not painless. And so that the death it's just basically a, a quiet and calm one. As crazy as that sounds, guys, he sedates his son. So he doesn't scream. So he don't fight and kills him. That's a very thought out process. For what I understood in the conversation about CTE, from what I understood in a bit of research that I did about CTE, a person is not going to think that logically about what they're about to do and what they're going to do and how they're going to do it to make death painless for a seven-year-old boy. At this point, he's killed his son. Only thing left to do now is make death quicker. So he doesn't have to take on the agonizing pain he just caused himself. So he looks up the fastest way to die. It's crazy because when you look, when you're thinking about it, and you hear it, so many people talking about how much of a good man he was. Even you, they got their interviews on YouTube with his son speaking about how his dad was. What people don't understand is that when you get to a point and there's a limit break, you black out and you do things. Sometimes you do things you can't come back from. And when you start to come off this adrenaline high, you start to realize that what you've done is something you shouldn't have done. Has he ever talked about suicide? I don't know. You can't, you can't find it anywhere. Was he ever suicidal? People that know him said no. He was a stand-up type of dude. But he just killed his wife. 
and he killed his son, he know the only thing left for him is either jail or the death penalty. So he decided to kill himself. Already after he killed his wife, the plan was to kill his son and himself. So, so many people are probably wanting to know, this, 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 you go, well, what happened here? This is my hypothesis about what happened that I'm giving you guys. They had another argument. They were drinking, got into a fight. He laid hands on her and in a really extremely aggressive way. If you look at Chris Benoit, I'm showing you here in the picture, this was not a small dude. He was a big dude. So if he started, you know, moving her around, there's not much she's going to be able to do to handle that man and get, get him off of her. The mere fact that he possibly got behind her and reared her neck back to choke her out shows that he was pretty pissed off. But he made sure he tied up her hands. And her feet. That's what I'm mentioning. So she don't kick, scratch. Or anything. So there's no fight back. I may be making this Chris out to be worse than he, than anybody thought about that. By breaking this down the way I'm breaking it down to you guys. But when you analyze in these cases. And you analyze what's going on. And you're trying to make sense of it. This is the breakdown that you get. So where do we go from here? What actually happened? Chris Benoit murdered his wife and his son. And then he committed suicide. So here's my closing arguments to you guys. As I'm going to close out each of these episodes. If you are at a point in your relationship where you need to speak to someone because your relationship is on the rocks. You need to reach out to the domestic violence abuse hotline. Now, you may say, I, I haven't touched her or I haven't thought about touching her or anything like that, but they can help you. They can help you before things turn bad. Right now on your screen, I'm showing you the domestic violence hotline number and I just added the suicide hotline number right next to that give these people a call speak with them let them know what you're dealing with seek help find a psychiatrist a psychologist you trust if you don't want to go to a psychologist or psychiatrist find a pastor a minister a father someone you trust and speak with them. Let them know you need help. Take a break from the relationship if you need to. And if the person wants a break and they want to leave you, allow that to happen. I'm talking to you, the person who may commit the next murder-suicide. Allow it to happen. Allow them to leave the situation before it turns violent. The person who's be, who's doing who's being broke who's doing the breaking up, as I mentioned before, 
break up in a safe place. Break up around people. If you call them on the phone in your home, make sure someone's home with you. Call the police and break up with the person and tell the police you're worried that that person will try to retaliate due to you breaking up with them. Break up in the police station. Break up outside the police precinct. Make sure there's some cops around. Because some people will still shoot you, as in my last story I told you about. He shot, the, he shot his girlfriend right in front of the cops because he was a cop. And if it's an officer you're dealing with, break up with him in the precinct. Around some other officers who are standing around you and him. That way, if something turns violent, they can easily subdue him so he doesn't try to cause you any harm. Sadly, I have to say this because there are people out there who have attachment issues. And once somebody wants to detach from them, they do not know how to handle it. They go into a fit of rage. They snap. They become angry. And they want to take this person off the planet because they believe that this person is abandoning them. Also abandonment issues. Talk to someone. Speak to a psychologist. Speak to a marriage counselor. Speak to a relationship expert. Speak to someone who can help you guys reach a better place if it's possible. If the, if the relationship can be saved. Speak to someone who can save it. Guys, you know what? I'm about to have that phone call because I told him I'll call at 10 o'clock. It's 10 o'clock now. We're going to have that phone call while I sit here right here with you guys. Hold on. I'll let her know I'm recording. That way I don't put her on the scene. I mean, put her on the spot. Excuse me. I'm looking for the number. The house. Explain to me what each of the rooms looked like where the bodies were found. It was very surreal because you knew that two murders, suspected murders and a suicide had taken place. But there was no really signs of struggles that, that I could see. Uh, it looked like a family home. The uh, bedroom in which Nancy Benoit was found looked like a normal everyday bedroom. Uh, I did not see much sign of a struggle in that room. We went in the uh, son's bedroom and Daniel's room and saw the bed where he was actually killed. Um, and, and again, it just looked like a normal child's bedroom. Uh, walking down to the weight room, where Chris Benoit's body was found. Uh, it was, an, it, again, everything was immaculate, but you knew that murders had taken place there. They showed us the, um, the weight machine where, where Chris had tied the uh, cord around his neck and killed himself. But I saw really no signs of a struggle, which made it surreal. You knew this had taken place 
but it looked like anybody's home, although it was a very beautiful home, large home, but it was so far away from everybody else. That's almost like they were secluded. And it was hard to believe that this had taken place inside that home. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Cindy, for that. Uh, like once again, we know it was a very terrible situation, a very tragic incident um, that took place there on that day. We may never know what happened, and we'll be we all left to speculate what we think happened there that day and that tragic event. So I thank you for taking the time with me today and uh, taking the time out to bring your story and to reflect on this again. Uh, once again, I apologize if I weakened any, you know, tragic, tragic memories of this incident and brought that back to you today. So once again, thank you for your phone call. Um, You're just, go ahead. You are very welcome. Uh, glad to help in, in any way I can as we try to understand what took place. Exactly. So with that said, I'll let you go ahead and enjoy the rest of your Saturday. And thank you once again for taking the time to explain this to me. Certainly. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now, what I think will happen that day, but I like to bring more facts from people who I spoke to. I spoke to uh, the sheriff. I spoke to, excuse me, a sheriff deputy there in Fayette um, County. You know, I tried to speak to the, the uh, officer who was involved the day that they found the bodies but I wasn't able to, so I will not speak his name since I wasn't able to speak with him. Um, but uh, Miss Morley um, <clears throat> was a news reporter who was there that day when this, when this happened. So that's what I believe went down, guys. And like I was just mentioning, uh, break up in a safe place. Break up around people. If you're at home, have someone there with you when you decide to break up with the person. Have someone there with you. If you're home by yourself, call someone over. Have some family members outside. Have some friends outside. Have, have people there. Call the police. You know, go stay. If you can stay at a family member's house or you have a good relationship with one of your family members, go stay with them for a couple of weeks. You're, you're, you're going to have to put out a restraining order, of course. Yes. If you believe this person to be violent. Or believe this person wants to do you any harm. Change your phone number. Take many different steps to protect yourself. Because you don't want to become the next person who has uh, their story told and you're not here. Um, uh, <clears throat> because someone decided to take your life into their hands. I hope this made sense, guys. Uh, I always appreciate you guys for checking out the podcast or watching the, um, the videos here. Um, this is, like I said, this season of uh, Lust, Lies, and Murder will continue for 10 episodes. I wanted to bring this story to you guys because it's one of the most famous stories of a murder-suicide that has happened um, in the last 20, last two decades, last two years. It's one of the most famous stories. There are other stories I'm going to bring to you guys as well. So, Hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed this. Um, let me know in the comments of this video if there are any other stories that you guys know about. I'm going to put a question in the podcast. Let me know if there's any other stories you guys may know about you may want me to do 
um, as you, you know, you check out this podcast and you check out these stories. Um, like I said, I'll do, I got eight more of these to do. This is episode two. So let me know if there's any stories you guys have heard about murder, suicides or husband, murdering wife getting locked up or the wife murders the husband. She gets locked up and, and different things of that nature. And I'll do those stories and research them to the best of my ability and speak to the people who are involved. Once again, it should be respected that I speak to the people who are involved instead of trying to assume these stories. I try to get hands on, I try to get, how you say, 10 toes down and try to figure these things out about what happened and what, what went on and what, what happened that day and get a better understanding so I can bring that understanding to you guys. As I always say, with my understanding compared with your understanding, we could create a greater understanding. So with that said, you've been listening to Relationship Stuff 101 podcast here on this Saturday, March 12th, excuse me, 2022. I've been your host, Shahir Henderson. Thank you for checking out the podcast. Thank you for checking out this YouTube video. Share this video. Share this podcast with someone you think that may be in trouble or may be in danger of uh, their spouse or their ex-boyfriend or ex-lover, whoever, you know, there may be. Share this with them. Let's get this podcast to at least uh, a thousand monthly listeners by the end of the year. Let's try to get the YouTube channel to at least a thousand subscribers. So if you're new to this uh, video and you're checking out this video, go ahead and subscribe. There's a lot more coming by way of this channel, guys. So hopefully this story touches you in a way. If you are the abuser that you will no longer abuse. If you're the abusee, you will use these numbers I put up here. If you are the abuser. You would use these numbers I put up here today. Hopefully, this changes your mind and this stops you from becoming the next murder-suicide case. I will catch you guys in the next one. Y'all have a great rest of your weekend and a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next time. Peace out.